Today, the media continues to lie about the Durham report. A new presidential candidate files to run in the Republican primary and a New York City woman being referred to as City Bike Karen is defamed as a racist. But we've got the full story. We've got all of that and more coming up and it all starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez and MSNBC's Rachel Maddow uh, just flat out dismissed special counsel John Durham's report and mocked Republicans who had anticipated it on Monday. But uh, critics are firing back saying she had no intentions of taking the report seriously because it contradicted her uh, that, that narrative she clung to for so long that suggested that Russia and Donald Trump we're in cahoots to fix the 2016 election. I want to play for you uh, Chris Hayes. I'm sorry, I meant Rachel Maddow um, commenting on the Durham report and just continuing to downplay the severity of what John Durham found. Watch. Today, at long last, we have the report. Here's the AP's headline today. Quote, prosecutor ends probe of FBI's Trump-Russia investigation with harsh criticism, but no new charges. Quote, the report Monday from special counsel John Durham represents the long-awaited culmination of an investigation that Trump and his allies had claimed would expose massive wrongdoing by law enforcement and intelligence officials. Instead, Durham's investigation delivered underwhelming results. Nearly four years, more than $6 million in taxpayer funds, and today's report, now that we've got it, it's 300 plus pages, it's just a rehash of stuff we already knew with Durham criticizing the FBI for launching that investigation, but presenting no new evidence that they actually did anything wrong. And so it is worth keeping an eye on the reaction to this report today on the right. Because who knows how they're gonna react. They do seem kind of trapped in this hype letdown, hype letdown cycle. Nothing that we already knew. Fascinating, because what John Durham said was that not only did the FBI know that the Steele dossier was fake, Obama knew, Joe Biden knew as vice president, uh, the CIA knew, John Brennan knew, everyone knew, and they were in on it. So, Rachel, I'm sorry, or is it, I keep getting Rachel Maddow and Chris Hayes confused. I don't know which one it is. But either you are a liar mm -hmm. or you are an idiot. Although I'm thinking maybe both, I'd like to welcome to the program Yakub Buyans, Blaze TV, TV contributor and host of The Bottom Line. I'm so mad I can't even speak, Yaku. Yeah. It is so <laughs> maddening to hear them like, oh, well, there was no new charges, so the FBI didn't do anything wrong. When if you actually read the report, it's very clear all of the things that we have been saying that they did, they did. All of the things that Trump had been called a conspiracy theorist for, they did. And just because there are no new charges, she's like, well, they, they, he didn't say the FBI did anything wrong. Yeah, and, and specifically on this show, mm -hmm. you've been calling that out from, from the beginning. Um, so, so which is it though, Rachel? So you knew? So you guys always knew this? So you always knew that Obama knew? Because you say it's nothing new, you knew. So you knew right. in the newsroom that Obama knew. That's worse. So you knew that Biden knew. Mm -hmm. So you knew that there was no evidence when they even started the probe, right? So you knew all this, so pick which one is it. Right. So you're telling us that you knew all this. None of this is new to you because it's new to America. Right. 
So, so it's worse. Your lie was even deeper. The conspiracy was even deeper then, right? Yeah. But she didn't. Right. This is, this is that plausible deniability because they're used to telling America, if we tell you it's fake, it's fake. If we tell you it's true, it's true. She didn't know. Mm -hmm. She found out now, and this is a massive story. It cannot even be overstated how big this is, that, that they colluded multiple administrations now, right? And, and, and even the Clintons are in there too. Don't forget about them. So the, it's almost like the whole party knew and then all their puppets, which is mainstream media, you know, knew to a degree. But no, she didn't know the depths. And that, this is a big, big story. Um, and, in, and then lastly, I'll say this. Uh, it underdelivered. She says it underdelivered. So did you want to see Obama in prison, Rachel? Because I'd like to see that. I'd like to see Obama in prison and Biden in prison and all the Clintons in prison. Heck, throw Chelsea in there too. I mean, all of them, right? No, this is just, we're going to tell you, America, this underdelivered. There's nothing new and you should believe us. And I'm saying, do not. Well, that, and that's, I think that that's why she's saying it like that, because yeah. she doesn't want her viewers to go looking. Exactly. Right? Uh, don't worry. Us. Right. Trust me. Yeah. There's nothing new to see here. I mean, I've been wrong about it every step of the way. I pushed the Russian collusion hoax for Whoa. two years, and then after the results she, of the investigation. She's probably the worst on it. She got the triple down on it. I know. It. I know. Even after the results of the investigation. Yeah. Don't worry. I mean, I told you that uh, the vaccines would prevent you from getting COVID, and um, you know that you were stupid if you didn't go get it, and you wouldn't spread it either. I told you all of those things and that also turned out not to be true but trust me this there was nothing here don't go read it it's 300 pages and you watch msnbc so you probably can't read that long anyway <laughs> so just trust me when i tell you that yeah. there was nothing to see here nothing new under the sun and you know we're just going to go on pretending like uh, our people did never did anything wrong in the hopes that the republicans never have the balls to do anything about it um i want to i want to bring up um an interesting article from jonathan turley who is a constitutional law expert he is i would say one of the most objective unbiased people that there that there are out there who is a law expert um so as a lawyer, he, um, he says that Congress would actually have the ability to compel cooperation from some of these key figures in this particular report. And um, if necessary, offer immunity if they are willing to cooperate, because there were some witnesses who did not, they did not cooperate with the Durham yes. report. Yes. Um, namely, Mark Elias, who uh, was a prominent feature, and um, he actually managed the legal budget for the campaign. They hid the funding of the Steele dossier. So, I mean, he is a pretty central figure in there. Uh, perhaps Congress bring him in, mm -hmm. have him testify, have him maybe cooperate in order to give them more evidence. I mean, there might be a play here with Congress uh, having maybe Comey come in and testify. Now, I'm not holding out hope for Comey because home, Comey is as rotten and dirty as they come. But you wonder, because you read this report and you go, I don't understand. You just accuse them of co-opting the greatest American political scandal of all time and you don't recommend any charges I don't understand. And then you wonder if he was punting to Congress and saying, I have given you the blueprint from which you need to draw mm -hmm. and have the hearings. And if people perjure themselves, do something about it. And yes. you guys do something yes. and move the football because I've done what I can do. You know, this, this reminds me of the, of the 2020 election and the whole vice president thing then with Pence and whatever. We, we're behaving as Republicans like we won a Durham 
to do all the work, all the research, get them in court, be the judge, be the jury, and put them in jail, and, and, and also you know, somehow hold the keys. He's handing Congress, which the House is conservative, it's Republican. Right. He's handing them everything, Sarah, to subpoena. They can subpoena Comey. Mm-hmm. Of course, why not? I, I actually think the American people deserve for the Republican House, which is the Republican House, to put a scumbag on, on, you know, yeah. on the stand, Capitol Hill, yep. right, on yep. Capitol Hill, under oath, yep. and let him lie under oath and let the cameras be turned on mm-hmm. and let the people see. That's what Rachel would, they, they would hate that. Because Rachel they, or Chris? Chris, Rachel, whatever. They, they, would, they, would, they would say, don't do that because they don't want you to look. So, so again, here we come. Are the Republicans going to fail us? Mm-hmm. In the House, because they have everything they need. They can subpoena anybody. They have, it's it's justifiable now. Call them all in. For that matter, I mean, you know, call in Hillary, call in all of them. Let them sit in front of the American people, put them under oath, Mm -hmm. and let them lie. And they will lie under oath. Comey will lie. They will lie. But then let the people see. Yeah. Because what they want, mainstream media, is for this to go away. So now you double down. Right. You bring it out in the open. You put them under pressure. So here we are. Durham did a great job. It's loaded, loaded with bullets. Put them under oath. But will they do it? I don't know. We'll see. This is, this is where I get highly frustrated. I know, I do too. Because we have such hope as American people in our representatives, and then they get handed something like this. And it's almost to me, Sarah, I know this is sinister, but it's almost to me, almost like the Republican House can now go, well, Mainstream media is telling people that there's not much there. So if we don't do a lot with it, mm-hmm. the narrative is kind of like, well, it's not that big a deal. It's a huge deal. Yeah. yeah. This was a huge, huge report. This is massive. And Rachel's like $4 million. We spend hundreds of millions of dollars mm-hmm. on defending this Russia collusion, two impeachments. You wasted hundreds of millions of taxpayers' dollars over three and a half years of a presidency. So don't come to me with $4 million. Right. That's actually well done, Durham. You only spent $4 million. Yeah, well done. Okay? Drop in the bucket compared come on, to man. everything, all the They're waste. printing money like it's water. But yeah. I'm just telling you, they have it. Durham couldn't do more. Right. Right. He's not the House. For once, I would like to see the Republicans uh, or just the House in general, uh, Congress in general, not abdicate their responsibilities. And, you know, they're like, oh, well, we're not we don't actually want to vote on any spending bills. We'll just let the the president keep writing executive orders. We don't actually want to be the power of the purse. We'll just let the president continue writing executive orders. Do something with your power. That's what you were elected to do. That's right. Please. Um, all right, we will be back with more. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Eden Pure. So, Eden Pure has this thunderstorm air purifier uh, that uses this oxy technology that destroys viruses, odors, mold, so much more. They've sold over 300,000, so you know it works. Um, three of those are mine. <laughs> I have those in my home. He's laughing because he already knows we, what I'm we have say. <laughs> we have them too. Because of you. Well, do they work? It's amazing. I know. <laughs> I know. Trust you me. You did it. I know, I know, because I have a zoo at my house, and I have a prepubescent boy, and he doesn't like wearing deodorant, even though I ask him to multiple times. And so you better believe I have one of those suckers right under his bed in his room. You also better believe I have one in the utility room where my cat's litter box is, because cats are really fun to own, 
but litter boxes stink. All right. So if you have pets, if you, uh, you know, you maybe you cook a lot in the kitchen. We cook a lot of cruciferous vegetables, broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts. Every time you cook that in your kitchen, it smells like a giant fart. Okay. Don't let your kitchen smell like a fart. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Put in discount code Sarah to save $200. That is EdenPureDeals.com. Discount code Sarah. These things really work, you guys. Go there. EdenPureDeals.com. Discount code Sarah. Hey, those of you who are watching on YouTube, I would ask that you go and hit that subscribe button. We are so close to hitting 100,000 and look, I just, I want the, I want the plaque. I want my, I want my kids to think I have a real job, okay? So if you would just go hit the subscribe button, make sure that you uh, hit the thumbs up as well and comment. Let us know what you think of the show. We sure do appreciate it. And by the way, we do read your comments. I read all of you who have, like, at any given time on any show, someone has a problem with something that I'm wearing. Yes. It's I don't hilarious. Know why. I don't it's know so why. funny. I can't please everyone at any on any day. Everyone, I don't like your hat. I like your hat. I don't like your hair. I like your hair. You're wearing too much makeup. You're ugly. I just let us know. If you think I'm ugly, you can comment that too, because it's at least a comment, and we like it for the algorithm. I want to welcome to the program Eric July, Blaze TV contributor and founder and owner of Ripaverse Comics. Um, so, Eric, I'm glad you're here for this one. Okay, have you heard this story yes, about City Bike yes, Karen? Uh, okay, so this white woman in New York, in New York City, uh, she's being called City Bike Karen after a video of her trying to get on a rented bike to go home from work went super viral online. Uh, she is a physician's assistant, and she apparently encountered a group of young black men trying to take the bike from her. Uh, one of the men was like, it looks like he's pushing the bike back into the docking station, and she's yelling for help. Um, you know, she looks very distraught, and it's been seen over 40 million times, and of course, she's being called a racist. I wanna play that for you, watch. No, no, record him, record him, record him, record him. Record him. This help me! Please help me! Please help me! Please help me! Please help me! Help! Please get off! Wait, what the Please, f is going on? Yo, don't let him take it, bro. Now you're not getting the bike, bro. Now you're not getting the bike. Help! You're not getting the bike. I'm not. Why you took your phone? What's wrong with you? You put touching your phone. You're not touching your phone. I'm not touching you. You put your stomach on my hand. Help! Stop! No, 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 no. Please, I said, no. I said, sit down. Please, help. Sit down. Please, help. Please, help. She's just crying. Hassan, you're not crying. You're not crying. I got stupid. I got you. Wait, you, 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 Hassan, you pulled it out. Hassan, Hassan, you pulled it out. This is my bike. It's on my account. Please move. All right, so why don't we set reset the bike? I'm not resetting the bike. It's his. It's his. It's his. I'm pulling out on your account. This is my fake client. This is fake client. Stop fake client. Hey, stop touching me. I don't touch you. Hold up, hold up. Hey, stop touching me. 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 I will. Exactly. So take it. So take it. You're stupid ass. Come on. Your baby gonna come out with you. How you crying? Not a tear came down, miss. Not a tear came down. Uh, civil rights activist and attorney Benjamin Crump uh, weighed in on the topic, of course. 
of course, contributing to uh, calling her racist. He said, this is unacceptable. A white woman was caught on camera attempting to steal a city bike from a young black man in New York City. She grossly tried to weaponize her tears to paint this man as a threat. This is exactly the type of behavior that has endangered so many black men in the past. Yes, I'm sure that that six-month pregnant woman is such a danger to that group of black men. I'm sure she stood a chance should any sort of fight break out. Uh, so she was doxed online. Okay. She the our, numerous articles were written about her. Uh, you know, she's only getting the the benefit of the doubt because she's white. White people like Sarah Jane Comrie, her name uh, was only getting the benefit of the doubt because she was white. And uh, Docs Online forced to move from her home because people were trying to come after her and her husband. Uh, her employer put her on leave after viewing the video, and then of course she had to hire an attorney to prove that she bought and paid for the bike and that the young men were the ones trying to steal it from her, I want to play for you, uh, her lawyer explaining how they plan to sue those who were involved in the defamation and smear campaign watch. When are you going to get an answer, sir? Um, we are going to get an answer when we start filing defamation lawsuits. Wow. It's going to go to that? You well, feel the, that the media has defamed? Without question. She's been called a racist. She's been called a thief. Um, there are reasons defamation laws exist, and we plan to pursue that. Um, she also has a GoFundMe set up to help with her legal bills because, as you can imagine, I'm sure she wasn't planning on having some sort of viral video of probably one of the most terrifying moments of her life put out for the world to see and then call her a racist about it, Eric. Yeah, I hate that anytime there's some sort of conflict between someone that's white and someone that's black, no matter if, like, if race is completely unmentioned, completely disconnected from the actual altercation, mm -hmm. that's immediately where everybody goes, mm -hmm. right? Um, they immediately point to the fact that, well, this person's definitely if the white person is the person that's being painted as a negative person, then it had to have been done in some sort of racial connotation. Yeah, but I would say that if, if it's a white and a black person and the black person is the one who's at fault, then race isn't mentioned, but on purpose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> By media figures who, again, participated in sort of the Shamir campaign right. here. So even if we did or someone wanted to, wanted to make the argument that, well, if it's on the other side, there's going to be people that would try to pull the race card on the opposite end. That's the fundamental problem, though, is the point that I'm mentioning is that there's nothing about race being highlighted at all in, in this conflict. There is she a, didn't a she didn't say anything yeah. about race. The only thing that's being discussed, or I guess is the point of contention, is the bike and who's actually rightfully being able to uh, uh, use it. That's it. Mm -hmm. But immediately, and I saw this online as well a lot, well, you had folks race baiting, calling her this and this and that, just because she had a conflict with someone that is a different color than her. And this is why the race, race conversation in this country continues to escalate despite us being, uh, let's say, living in a world where you think that we're far removed from, let's say, I don't know, slave codes, black codes, and Jim Crow laws, right? We're far removed from, from that. It should be a lot, I guess, let's say, interactions between folks of different races should be a lot better in this day and age. People are a lot more freer than what they were uh, back in the gap. Yet it seems to have gotten worse. I think we peaked in the 90s, is my argument I always make. And then for some reason, maybe 2007, 2008, I don't know if that had anything to do with it, things just started going downhill. And now you have these hyper-focused race baiters who 
they live off of this. They eat off of these sort of yeah. uh, sort of narratives, which is why so many people jumped on it. But I hate that this is always the case. White person, black person. Oh, well, the only reason, because there's no other reason that there could be a conflict. The only reason that they're having a conflict is because there's something racist going on. It's so stupid. Yeah, to Eric's point, I don't even understand how someone could watch that video and be like, oh, she's definitely trying she's to come white. up and right That's and it. steal a, a steal a bike from a bunch of black men. Like what? What woman who, I mean, she, look at her. She's not large. She, like, what woman would be like, you know what? I'm going to take my chances, and I'm just going to try to randomly steal. Don't, I don't even care if they're black. It's just you're going to go up to a group of men and try to steal a bike from them. Eric makes such a good point. You know, when you look at this video and your mind goes to race, that's actually a, a, a hold up a mirror. Something's wrong with your heart. And so those who are talking about race, they very well may be the actual racist because they look at life through a racial lens constantly mm -hmm. because it's what they get off on. It's how they get attention to Eric's point. And I'll say this, remove the race completely from this equation. The first thing that came to my mind when I saw that is, if you're really a man, a young man, and there's three of you and one woman, you step back and you say, ma'am, you can have the bike, even if I paid for right. it. You know what? You can have the bike, go for it. You don't, and this is agnostic if it was Asian guys, Caucasian guys, you know, Aboriginal, it doesn't matter from Australia. It's three, four guys and one woman. We're not raising our young men to honor women. End of story, forget that she's white, whatever. In that scenario, just swap the races randomly. The scenario is a scenario where there's three of us, she's overpowered mm -hmm. already. Mm -hmm. You know what, boys, one of those boys, should have said, hey, guys, let's back off. Ma'am, do you mind canceling so I don't pay? Because that's maybe the concern is, well, who's paying for this bike? Which was the real controversy. Who's paying for this bike? And I understand if I paid for it and you drive it, I'm liable. I get it. But that's the conversation. But no, some sick, twisted people have to make it about race. I look at this differently. This is a reflection on how weak our young men have become in this country, regardless of race. Okay, They will attack a woman. No matter what her race, make her black and them white. I would be, e I would still say, boys, right. back off, right. back off. Maybe they didn't know she was pregnant. It doesn't matter. Doesn't There's matter. three of you, one of her, back off. Even if it's one guy and a woman, back off, buddy. Mm -hmm. We do not honor, we don't understand the role of a man in the society. A man is a protector, right? You're supposed to be. And, and this is a dismal reflection and then I can get into the fatherless epidemic and the black culture and these boys probably didn't have a father figure and, and this is all caused by the left. Mm -hmm. They perpetuate this crap and then they want to pin black against white. And I, I cannot stand it. Yeah. Um, I want to, so we've got enough time to get into one more quick story here. Um, I'll go down the list. South Carolina Senator Tim Scott has filed paperwork to run for president of the United States. Now, he has not made a formal announcement yet. This is just the filing uh, that we have, but he is expected to announce on Monday in South Carolina. It's fascinating. I'll also throw out here, I don't know if this is correct, but I did also see a report that Chris Christie plans to announce to run for governor, I mean president, which would be... Very fascinating. A way to stay relevant. That's all that is. That's a play to stay relevant. Because what about Tim Scott? Tim Scott, I think, you know, there's an argument for that for sure because he's got tremendous support. He definitely has, you know, he has, he has 
amazing grassroots because he's there. I mean, mm -hmm. he's to, to get to where he's at, if you're a Ted Cruz, a Tim Scott, you've got incredible support. You don't just get there. Christy, Christy should go run a pizza shop in New York. I mean, I mean, come on, man. I think he's good on pizza. I don't think he needs any more pizza. That's what I'm saying, because he looks the part. I mean, come on, man. That's a way to stay relevant. I mean, it, I mean, you, you would think it must be. Um, also interesting that both, you know, Nikki Haley and Tim Scott from South Carolina both jumping into yeah. the race. Uh, Eric, your thoughts? It's hard for me to have any. I mean, because, like, I know... <laughs> it's like, I don't actually care. No, it's so. not that... Well, yeah, that's part of it, but it's not... The reason why I don't care is less about, okay, hey, these are some people running as a Republican. Like, no, it's not. It's less about that. It's more about, like, a lot of these guys, for me, don't move the needle uh, right. in, in a way that I feel like mm -hmm. is going to be conducive to liberty, mm -hmm. like, for me, no. right? Um, so that would be the only way where I'm like, oh, well, that's, <laughs> that's a little bit intriguing. Right now, I don't think, to be fair, any of them. I mean, some people are going to be very enthusiastic about, obviously, Trump and all that. But for me, it's none of these cats, to me, feel like they're leading with, like, okay, lower my, I almost said a, said a word, but uh, Stephen Kinsella uh, would always say lower my something, something taxes. Uh, and <laughs> um, it, uh, unless, unless that is, like, the primary focus, I don't care. I'm just going to be completely honest. We can do better, Eric. None of them. We can do better than, than, than yeah. we can do better. Yeah, for we sure. can do better. And I don't think it's even a legitimate, I mean, Tim, okay. I, I don't think so either. Well, because he hasn't, I haven't seen him do anything noteworthy lately yeah. that he would think he could propel himself off he's of, right? A, like, he's not a contender. Right, like you see, I mean, you see DeSantis, who, by the way, is also expected to announce um, next week or what the report is saying. That's a contender. Well, he's at least making plays where you go, okay, he's yes. clearly he's clearly in the setting himself, himself up yeah. to launch himself into the game. Tim Scott just seems to come out of nowhere because he was kind of a leader for a while, and then you kind of didn't hear from him. You think the Nikki Haley thing is kind of what prompted him? It's kind of also a, a state play? Like Maybe. A, because that's also a diabolical you didn't even announce Nikki Haley. I mean, come on. Can maybe. we really for a second or maybe, Or maybe he wants in the administration if it is a Republican. That's another play now, remember. Yeah. Also, there's other seats to vie right. for. There's I, cabinet. I Nikki oh. Haley probably there's, is doing there's, that there's, too. Yeah, there's, oh, yeah. Nikki Haley doesn't think she can be president of the United States. No, I don't even think she not. wants the job. But cabinet position? Yeah. Ambassadorship? Right. That's serious now. Right. That's, that's the career ladder, right. which I cannot stand. This is why I want term limits in politics. Know. Um, all right, let's go ahead and take a quick break. We'll be back with more. I want to thank our sponsor, Relief Factor. So we've been working with Relief Factor for a very long time here at Blaze TV. I mean, back when, like, nobody knew who they were. They brought this unknown anti-inflammatory to the marketplace that they had tested, and it had shown a remarkable ability to reduce pain for so many different types of chronic ailments. Um, we use Relief Factor at my house. It's an all-natural alternative to pain medications uh, that we, both my husband and I, have to use, unfortunately, we've reached the age where, you know, just sometimes things hurt and we have two children who never stop. So we live off of relief factor. Uh, inflammation is not only the chief cause of pain, but it's also a factor in many other diseases. And uh, we know that by taking relief factor, it's always working to keep our inflammation markers in check. Listen, if you are living in pain, 
try relief factor. 70% of the people who try the quick start pack reorder it because it is working for them. It's $19.95. It'll last you three weeks and you will see if it will work for you to reduce your pain. The odds are that it will. So you can go to relieffactor.com or call 800, the number four relief. That is relieffactor.com. mentioned DeSantis before the break. Um, let's talk Disney. So Walt Disney World's Star Wars themed Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel will apparently be permanently closing its doors in September. This is just 18 months, uh, give or take, after their opening. It, this was supposed to be um, this very, very immersive experience. Um, it provided guests with a simulated voyage to you know the the Star Wars galaxy, and you would be able to mingle with other guests, crew members, and figure out: Are you going to be on the light side of the force or the dark side of the force? And of course, the cost was twelve hundred a person per night, and family packages started at six thousand um, dollars. So it's just fascinating because you know you see. Disney and DeSantis embroiled in this battle. Um, and Disney, you know, just recently was like, well, we're not going to build this office complex. And DeSantis is like, okay, that's fine. And then you see, um, by the way, reports were that they actually were already, they already were planning on not building it and they're using DeSantis as an excuse, but they just were already not planning on building it because they're having financial problems. Um, they've laid off 4,000 employees in recent months and have planned to lay off thousands more in the coming months. And so you see this, and you see them closing this down, and you have to wonder if they're going to change their ways. And I mean that in two different avenues. Number one, I don't know how much of this is due to parents saying we're not taking our children there where you're going to try to indoctrinate them. We're not about the LGBT stuff that you want to shove down our children's throats. And we're just going to go to Universal instead, which is quite frankly what my family has decided to do. Um, but also the other part of it is that while they are doing this big push to indoctrinate children into this gender ideology, they are also raising their prices and and offering seemingly they're squeezing middle class America right out. So it just seems like a bizarre business model to have, especially in Joe Biden's America. Yeah, man. Well, we've covered this stuff extensively over people that watch me talk about this weird stuff that happens in kind of nerd culture. But this, I want to say this, and it's not even me being fair to Disney. It's just the facts. This was doing, this was dead on arrival. Mm -hmm. uh, the Galactic Star Cruiser was dead on arrival. I mean, they tried to promote it as this uber-like uh, immersive experience, but they're leaning into the sequel trilogies, which isn't that popular. Um, certainly, as as time has sort of progressed and it's trying to sell people on snitching on Chewbacca uh, to Star Troopers, ain't really ain't really the move. Um, so yes, it was expensive. They could not get that bad boy booked pretty much at all. Um, they were, it, it was just a terrible idea. I'm not sure who over at their theme parks sort of um, section um, or department thought that this was going to be mm -hmm. a good idea, but this has been an epic failure. And I know for a fact that they didn't get the return 
pretty much at all. Uh, all the money that they invested, not only in just building that little hotel, uh, but also in building or like the money that they were obviously paying the actors and the actresses that were playing uh, the roles in there. It just was a dead on arrival concept. And yeah, I guess it compounds looking at the crap that they have been pushing as of as of late and really leaning into it, uh, doubling down on the this whole youth uh, LG alphabet stuff and using their material that they have to push and affirm some of this weirdness that compounds on it. But even if, even if you remove that, I, this is one of those products that was DOA regardless. And we were making fun of this when it first came out, the commercials and stuff. This was, even if you remove all that, the weird stuff, this was dead on arrival. Yeah. And I think why that is Eric, a, a corporate culture and climate is so important because it touches everything a company does. It really, it's not like you can sequester and say, well, it's just going to be the user experience with LBGTQ. The mindset changed in Disney and really Disney's hierarchy, their, their, their older guard that protected the brand still as the happiest place on earth have been dying off or have been fired or ostracized. There's only four Disney legends. One of them was a, a good friend of mine, Ron Logan. And Ron built most of the parks around the world. And Ron passed away a couple months ago. And literally, there's a corporate mindset in Disney that changed. And so it's going to touch everything. So they will then take that leftist mentality of, hey, if we're struggling financially, we're just going to charge you more. Does that not kind of feel like the government? We're just going to tax you more. Our bad decisions and our bad culture breaks society, so we just charge you more. So, but I'm with Eric. It's just, the, but the philosophy in that whole company, if you look at all their other products, yeah. it's corrupt. It's mm. out of touch with public. 100%. It's bad ideas. It's bad writing. Yeah. So I think we're going to see many of their brands this happen to because they're abandoning their own core value set that's built amazing brands over time. Look at what they're doing with Disney princesses. Mm-hmm. They're, they're destroying it. You're not going to have a new generation that's going to care about Rapunzel and care about any of these other, you know, Disney princesses because you've completely bastardized it because the corporate culture in Disney is corrupt. So Disney, my prediction is they're going to keep losing. No matter if they bring out a new concept tomorrow, they'll lose because it's going to be corrupt. Yeah, they, they have some financial issues right now. Um, I don't know if people have been keeping up with what's been happening even on the Disney Plus streaming stuff. They've lost uh, a lot of money. Um, there was that one quarter, I think two quarters ago, where they lost like two and a half billion dollars those Disney streamers. That has been a, the, probably the biggest L that they've taken mm-hmm. um, of, of everything and that they went all in on the streaming platform and they're not seeing the return. There's actually some things like Willow and stuff are, that are getting taken off of, of Disney Plus uh, as of recent. So. That's why the layoffs obviously happened. You had kind of, they tried to make Shea pick the, the fall guy. Iger comes back, but he was always the guy in control anyway. Yes, yes. Um, and, uh, and part of the reason for their, yeah, that's, for their that's abandoning what, the that's whole, what it was Iger. Started. It started with Iger. It was Iger. Iger, it was Iger. Yeah, it was always Iger. It Iger. took a decade for him to yeah, move them exactly. in the radical direction. Exactly. So it was all Iger, and they tried to make Shea pick the fall guy. Shea pick gets ousted. Um, and ironically, he's going through some um, they're going to go through some legal stuff with him as well, because they're saying that he was trying to and the CFO, him and the CEO, CFO were trying to like move numbers around to make their losses seem less. Mm. So the even investor. from the. Yeah. yeah. So even even to the like what we saw, it probably was worse than that. They are really struggling financially. They owe, like the, even the movies that they're making, yeah. they're spending way too much money on. It's their you culture. got 200 billion, uh, uh, $200 million films 
uh, and they're not breaking. They're not even breaking even. Ant Man lost all that damn money, and maybe they recoup some fees, but it don't. It may make like a couple hundred million, if that on Guardians. Then they might may barely break even. But like that, that phase, that last phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm -hmm. they laid a lot of duds. They're in in trouble. So just because they've been around forever, I think a lot of people just like to forget that. Look. Yeah, it's a brand we all recognize and some people grew up loving, but they are making some terrible decisions and they're feeling it economically. Yeah. Um, I want to, so while we're on the subject of Disney, it's been fascinating to watch. You know, I think that Ron DeSantis has been making really, really, really good moves, power moves against Disney now that they have decided to just go woke. And, you know, I mean, it's like, Nobody should love crony capitalism. Nobody should love one corporation having special preferential, you know, treatment than all of the other businesses in the state. So you would think that it was something that all Republicans could agree upon, except since Ron DeSantis has been in this battle with Disney, you've seen Donald Trump come out now against him and say uh, positive things about Disney. And you have Nikki Haley who is saying, Disney, come to South Carolina, which is the most tone-deaf thing I've ever heard. It's like- Disney can't build another, another office right now. Meanwhile, Universal is right? building in North Texas. Yeah, yeah. Universal yeah, is I'm expanding. excited that's gonna be closer. Universal, right? yeah, come on, Nikki, I mean, this is all, they jump on a they're, But they're attacking him from the left and it's just very bizarre to me. Like, I, I, I just wish, I get it. It's about to be primary season and everyone's out for blood, but it's like, I feel like you sound more credible when you give credit where credit is due and acknowledge that someone is doing something good in the battle. But to say that Ron DeSantis is doing something wrong here. Well, remember when, it comes when to they the do battle. that, Sarah, when they do that, when, when Trump, even, when you attack Ron for holding Disney accountable, yeah. which most Floridians didn't even know that Disney had all these privileges. These right. were done behind closed doors, okay? Now that they know, they're livid. They're like, what do you mean these guys wrote their own building permits? What do you mean they didn't wait 18 months to add, you know, additions to, what do you mean they didn't go through the city office? Right. But by, by saying Ron is bad for doing it, you're inadvertently agreeing with this this crony capitalist kind of right. mentality right. so which which one is it which one is it yeah you know? like don't don't attack him just to attack him exactly right? but that's yeah. what i feel they're doing though. i know i know it's frustrating um all right we got to take a quick break we'll be right back not saying anything It's Friday, which means we have another Dear Sarah segment. Make sure that you're getting your questions in to us at dearsarahattheblaze.com. Um, and we appreciate your patience because we've got a bunch of them and we're trying to get to everyone. So today says, Dear Sarah, I've been a big fan of Pat and Keith, Glenn and Stu for some time now, but I have to admit, after only checking out your show a week ago, I have a new favorite. Welcome. We appreciate it. He said, your, your passion is second to none. Now my 17-year-old daughter is my pride and joy. She's beautiful, a great athlete, straight-A student, and definitely daddy's girl. After seeing what types of books are in school libraries, I now feel I need to have a conversation about this with her. As a father, I was horrified to see the examples you displayed on your show. And as you said, I immediately thought to myself, this can't be happening in our school. 
school. We're a very small Christian conservative town. I know she wouldn't pay any attention to these books, and I think they were disgusting, but I still feel the need to bring it up and talk about it with her. What are your thoughts? Since she hasn't mentioned it, should I leave it alone? I feel like I need to let the other parents know if those types of books are present in our school. I know she'll tell me the truth if I ask her about it. This just shocked me beyond belief. Keep up the good work. I love your show. Sincerely concerned, Father. Um, well, concerned father, first of all, welcome to the show. Thanks for finding it. We appreciate you. Um, I would say at 17, I think that you can have an absolutely a candid conversation with your daughter, especially that you're saying you have this good relationship with her. You have this foundation uh, upon which you can have this conversation and just tell her, you need to be aware of this and you need to be on the lookout for it. And if you find, like, if you come across something like this, right, she's not going to go looking for it. But if you come across something like this, you need to tell us. We need to have an open dialogue about this kind of thing, um, which I would imagine she would be very, very receptive to considering she is at this small conservative Christian school. Clearly, you've been laying the right principles, the right groundwork, the right morals uh, into her. At 17, I think she definitely can handle the conversation, and I would encourage you um, to make sure that she is aware of, of this. Yaku? Awareness is prevention. If you don't have the conversation with her, they will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. It's time. Amen. Eric? Yeah, um, obviously at that age, it should be a lot easier to have that conversation with them. But mm -hmm. yeah, um, a lot of parents, just in general, are going to have to start coming to the realization that none of y'all are part of any sort of exception unless you are where you're getting the curriculum directly and you're like, I don't know, it's some like private school in, in which they're providing you with that. You have absolutely no idea what it is that they're teaching your children. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's, uh, you're starting to see a lot of people come to terms with it. I think in 2020, a lot of, a lot of parents woke up and realized just how corrupt the uh, educational system is. Doesn't matter what town you're, you're in, the school itself is ran by the state. So yeah. if it's a public school, that is. So um, most definitely it's worth having that conversation. Yeah. Um, all right. Before we go, want to make a quick announcement. We're very excited. It's been a great week uh, for Texas children. Uh, Texas has passed SB 14, which is banning gender modification um, and, you know, cross-sex hormones, uh, puberty blockers for kids in Texas. So pushing the trans ideology on the kids, not going to work out so well in Texas. It is going to Governor Abbott's desk for signature, along with SB 12, which mm -hmm. will prevent drag queens from dancing sexually in front of children. Um, Defend Our Kids Texas, my organization, obviously worked very hard on uh, well both done. of these bills, but SB 12 in particular, I know Yaku's organization uh, was working on it as well. And um, I feel like we need to pat ourselves on the back because Well done, this is Sarah. SB 13 is going to go through Paxton, uh, House Bill 900, but SB 12 was critical because it, it's a nice, solid punch in the mouth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's good. There are, I'll, I'll put it this way, there are a lot of groomers in Texas today that are very mad, mm -hmm. and they're, they're uh, threatening to leave the state, to which I say, go for it. Bye-bye. Bye Don't bye. let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. If you want to groom children, we don't want you here. Go to New York or California or wherever the hell you want. Just leave us alone, and we're going to continue protecting Texas children. we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. I've actually never heard that saying in my life. Really? The good Lord split you. <laughs> <laughs> 
want to play a TikTok video uh, from a plus-size model who was complaining about airplane seats not being wide enough on planes and said that it's, it's the airline's problem for discriminating against fat people, I guess. Watch. Those of you who are listening, it says, honestly, it's discrimination that they can't build wider aisles in airplanes 2023. Okay. Wow. My first class. Imagine if there were people in those seats. They'd get whacked in the face by a butt cheek. I wonder if anybody's talked about the concept not stuffing your face. <laughs> I don't... I mean... Maybe you should take better care of your body rather than it, thinking that it's the airplane's responsibility to make uh, the aisle a double wide. <laughs> oh Eric, my gosh. Eric is speechless. Yeah. I just, I don't know, man. Like this whole, it's obviously unhealthy. And I rag on fat people all the time on my stuff, but it's just. It's like it, the, the airline, what, what are you, the airline's supposed to completely redesign their yeah, plane because the Americans plane. can't stop stuffing their faces. We should cut 50% of the seats out of the plane yeah. because you're a triple white. Not, that's not double. <laughs> that's not a good okay, I'm sorry, that's white. not double white. <laughs> <laughs> Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.